Thank you for joining the Home Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at myhomechurch.org. I want to speak with you what is entitled two words that have just popped off the page to me this week. It's something that God has really ministered to me before, but this week has just so gripped my heart. I want to speak with you on what is entitled Abram Went. Abram Went. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. Sorry, I didn't give you the scriptures before. We're going to put it up right now. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. I'm going to read out of the NIV today. In just a moment, I think it'll be on the screen as well. And I want to, let me just start here. I want to speak with you on the call of God. What made Abraham's life great, we're going to look at Abraham. You know, I thought about this. If we walk down the street right now, we have us as a Christian church. Do you know that there's, there's a mosque right here that just opened up? And then if you go a little bit down the road, just recently it, it changed to a, a Spanish church, but before that it was a Hebrew temple. <laughs> And so you had three major religions right on this road, and all of them would see and identify Abraham as a significant figure. Abraham is, 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 is considered the father of, of the faith. And what made his life great was not Abraham himself. It was the call of God upon his life. Each and every one of you have a call upon your life. Now, some of you, it may be to be in what we would call more of the organizational part of ministry like we do. But regardless of that, all of you are called. Some of you maybe feel a stirring your heart today to even enter into to some. That may happen. But I know this. Each and every one of you have a specific assignment for God. I want to stir you, as God stirred my heart this week, to, to dream big for what God wants to do through your life. I want you to see that God has a plan for you to live a life in the impossible. It's a life of supernatural faith. I want you to dream big as God dreams over your life. The reality is, is that when you were born again, I want everyone to hear this. When you were born again of the Spirit, when you came into faith in Jesus Christ, the reason why God did not snatch you away from this earth right away is because he has a divine assignment for you to carry out. And it is to invade the impossible. He is not calling us to do things that we could simply achieve by tapping into our own resources and understanding. He has something divine planned for you. He has a call upon your life that will require you to completely trust in him. But I tell you this, man, God could do so much through one life that is surrendered to him. So let's just read these few verses, and then I'll share a few things God's placed in my heart. Genesis chapter 12. Let me read these, and then I'll give you some background here. But this is where the Lord first called Abram. His name was changed from Abram to Abraham. Don't be confused by that. It's the same person if I use both names uh, but here his name was not changed yet. It's Abram. And it says this. In verse 1 it says, The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now listen to this, verse 4. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. Those two words, Abram went, so pierced my heart this week because the more I thought about it, I don't know if there's really two words in all of human literature that speak to a, a greater faith than this right here. 
when you actually begin to look at what was at stake for Abram, what he was being asked to leave, and the unknown that he was being asked to go into, the fact that he surrendered his life and said, yes, Lord, I will go, makes this statement one of the boldest statements in all of the scriptures. It was a journey of no return. This is the only way I could explain it. As I was reading about Abram's life, the Lord had just put it this way, that life, life was not just happening to Abram. The only way I could explain it was that Abram was happening to life. He wasn't just going through hanging on for dear life, figuring out what's going to be next. Actually, through faith and surrender and sacrifice, Abram's life was shifting the course of history. Not Abram, God working through him, but Abram had to yield himself. Abram wasn't just trekking along. Actually, God was using him to, to be a, a trailblazer for others to come. Do you, I know in this room right now, there are calls upon every single one of your lives. Look, some of you may be in a transition period. Maybe you're wrestling through that. Maybe some of you don't even know Jesus. The first call is always to come and follow him. Some of you maybe have taken a step in a call that God has for you, but, but uh, it's, just, it's been a little bit different than maybe what you thought. I, I know God's going to strengthen you and encourage you today as we work through this. And I want to I encourage you to, to continue in the call that God has upon your life and to yield yourself completely to him. You know, let me give background to this before I give you more application. If you were to go back in Genesis chapter 1 and read through verses 1 through 11, that history is what is known as the primeval history of the Bible. And in those first 11 chapters, there's four primary accounts. There's four primary things that have taken place. There was creation. There was the fall. There was the flood. And there was Babel, the Tower of Babel. Now, if you were to work through these, it's quite clear right from the beginning in only 11 chapters that when man had chosen to disobey God and turn his back on God, that sin entered in and things got out of control pretty quickly. And right from the beginning, you can see that the Word of God says that the human heart, it's just bent towards evil. It's actually bent towards disobedience to God. And so as a result, God interjects through uh, banning them from the garden. God moves by sending a flood, and then God actually disperses the people at Babel as they built the tower to glorify themselves. He sends different languages. The point is this. When you come to Abraham, when you step back and see what has taken place, you almost have to ask yourself, is God finished with creation? There has been such mercy by God to intervene, and yet man again and again and again comes against him, and you at this point would say, like a piece of paper, would God just crumple this up, throw it out, and say, let's start all over? But when you come to Genesis chapter 12, you see the heart of the Father once again coming after his people. See, the call of Abram was not just about going to a physical place. It was displaying God's heart as he comes after his people again and again and again and again. And then the Lord began to speak something to me as I was thinking about this. As God had banned them from the garden, there was a flood, there was the, the dispersion at Babel. And if you really look at it, none of these things were quite effective in really having any impact on this world. But then God raises up a man. And when this man yields his life, things begin to shift. And we know the door is now open for the Messiah to come. And the thing the Lord was speaking to me on is what the flood couldn't do, what dispersion couldn't do at the Tower of Babel, a surrendered life could do. The most powerful instrument, the most 
impactful weapon that God has to make an impact in a fallen and broken world is a single life that is fully surrendered to the Lord. There is no, there is no more impactful weapon in God's hands than a life that says, Lord, here I am. Anything you want to do, I'm yours. And when you look throughout the scriptures, when God intervenes to change things in a place, he looks for a man or for a woman who says, Lord, I'll give you everything. I'll give you everything. And so as you look at this call in Genesis 12:1, the Lord begins by saying, go. Now, I have studied this call extensively because it is so applied to my life and coming out here, and God has used it to encourage me. And as I've studied through this scripture, there's one thing I, I've, I've realized that there's nothing that tells us that Abram was expecting this call. There's nothing that we see. He was called from the Ur of the Chaldeans. We learn that from, from the book of Acts. Stephen actually rec- uh, testifies to it, and even in Genesis 15. And there's nothing here at all that tells us that Abram was prepared for this call, not in a way that he was aware of. Why is that important? Because I think oftentimes we think that when God's going to have a big shift in our life, uh, or let me put it this way, how many of you, if God was going to do a big move in your life, would love 30, 60 days in advance for God to give a knock on your door (laughs) and say, hey, start preparing yourself. I'm going to move you pretty quickly. (laughs) So start getting things in order. Now, look, God can do that, but I haven't really, I don't see that often. In fact, if I could just personally testify, when my wife and I were getting ready to come out here, we had, we, we didn't think that we'd be, we had a feeling God may ask us to one day pastor a church, but we had no idea when, and we thought at the very least when we were serving at Teen Challenge, we had at least three or four more years, minimum. And the reason why is, if you can think of this kind of blew our mind, is that one, we just started schooling, ministry school. So we said, at least we have to finish our schooling before God will call us out here, which next spring we finish, guys. You better all come to Virginia Beach with me. I can't wait. <laughs> At least for a vacation. We just did that. We, we, just, uh, we just got our son into a really good Christian school. And it was a long process, and we had to pay up front. And for us, it was a lot of money. We didn't have much. And so we thought at least, you know, he's in this school for another year, um, and we, we saw our future there. Uh, we also, they just did work in our apartment because we just had Gabriel, and it was too small in Brooklyn. So they blew up in this room. We just finished it. We said, man, we are here for a long time. And then, and then things started to change in the ministry. God began to stir our hearts, and, and we, we said, wait, something's going on here. And we entered into fasting and prayer. And on the third day, as I was driving Kate into school, I, was, I heard the Lord say, I want you to start a church. <laughs> and I came home that morning and said, Crystal, I don't know what you think about this, but the Lord's saying we need to start a church. <laughs> and she said, that's crazy, because the Lord said the same thing to me this morning. And so here we are, we thought there's just no way that we would be able to step out, but when we were least expecting it, the call of God came. Let me read this scripture to you. You just have to hear it. We're not going to have it on the screen. Ecclesiastes 11.4. It says this, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. In other words, whoever waits for perfect conditions to move will never move. (laughs) You see, we're going to talk about this in a second. God is going to create opportunities for unknowns to lead you into a life of faith. (laughs) 
See, there was a part of this where we said there's no way God could ever be releasing us, but we had to, even though it didn't seem like it was right, we knew God, what God was putting in our heart, we had to step out. We had to step out. So I want you to just get this. The point is this. Do not dismiss the call of God upon your life just because you think it's unexpected. Just because you feel like things aren't in order in your life for that to take place. God knows what he's doing. The second thing is this. When I looked at this, I saw it's a call out of the ordinary. And what I mean is this. When I begin to study the calls of God and and the miraculous things that God did through people, when you begin to strip away the spectacular effects of, of God moving, right? And you just begin to strip all those things away. I saw a common point emerge, and everyone needs to grasp this. And that is that extraordinary moves of God often start with very ordinary steps of obedience. If you actually pull everything away, and you just begin to strip that away, what you find is that there's just an ordinary call. A voice of God comes and says, go here. Do this. And in the initial stage, you think, man, is anything really happening here? But that's how all of these calls started. If, when I went through the scriptures, Moses and David, Moses and David were tending the sheep. <laughs> they were just tending the sheep when God called them. Do you know, I thought about Peter, Andrew, James, and John as they were out fishing. They were out fishing when the Lord came to them. And the most glorious call, follow me. These men were fishermen, which means this was just another day at the office. And they received a call to follow Christ that would ultimately lead to the entire world being changed. Now, it would be easy in that moment to say this is nothing really special here. There's nothing that's just going to lead to. But again, extraordinary moves of God start with very ordinary steps of obedience. So if you feel that God is leading you somewhere, because all of you have a call, and all of you, it's so much bigger than just living for our own little bubble. As I shared before, God, is, God, wants, to, God wants to, his heart is that every nation would come and bow and worship him. <laughs> and he wants us to come into alignment with that. You see, I was living under the illusion that when God ignites great things in your life, he will often do it by announcing it with a big bang. <laughs> now, sometimes that can happen. We see that in the call of Saul to Paul, that was a pretty intense calling upon his life. But most of the times, it's as you're just going through everyday life. Eric Gilmore, you know who we love? He he shared one time how he got into ministry. He was actually doing construction work. And as he was on the job, the Lord said, you're going to be my spokesman. Two weeks, he put his two-week notice in. And after that, now God has used him all over the world. Now, everyone's calling is different. I'm not just saying you're going to be full-time in what we would call full-time ministry. But God has a plan for your life. And it may come in at the most ordinary time, at the most unexpected time in your life. The other thing is this. Do not disqualify yourself when God calls you. You may ask, why me? As Abraham probably would have asked, why me? But let me, let me hopefully strike your heart with awe by just thinking about this, that when God elects you and chooses you, it's not because his choice is not based off of limited knowledge of who else is available. We probably think that and say, man, God has chosen me because he just doesn't know the guy down the street could have been here. (laughs) Do you know that when God elects you and chooses you, there's no one who has a greater awareness of everyone else available, yet he is saying, I want you. Let that cause awe and wonder in your heart and lead you to a greater measure of surrender, knowing that he's fully aware of everyone else, but he's saying, I'm choosing you. You know, if you look at Abraham and Sarah's wife, 
uh, Sarah, his wife, these are two of the, the most unlikely candidates for what God was asking. First, he's saying that he's going to birth a nation through them, which means they would have to have a child. And Abraham and Sarah were in their old age, and she was way past, uh, they had no kids, and, and she was way past their childbearing stage. And yet the Lord said, you are the perfect couple to have, to have a child by me. I'm going to miraculously do this, and then you're going to be a blessing to the nations. Do you know that Abraham's father, his name was Terah? And Terah, actually the root of it means moon. And where they came from in the Mesopotamia and the Ur of Chaldeans, they actually had lunar worship. They worshiped moon gods. Do you know that in Joshua 24.2, it says that Abraham's household and his father, Terah, worshiped other gods? The father of faith grew up in a household that didn't even worship Yahweh. Anyone here can be used by God. Doesn't matter what your upbringing was. He's just looking for surrender. He's looking for a life that will yield to him. Listen, if the call of God doesn't challenge you, if the call of God doesn't challenge you in that it extends way beyond what you can do in your own ability, way beyond what you can imagine, way beyond what you can calculate, way beyond what you can budget, if that's where the call of God, that, that, if, that's not, if the call of God is not taking you there, I would really question if it is the call of God. His call will always take you well beyond what you could ever do in your own ability so that he receives all of the glory. He finds joy in calling us to things that, are, that are, we would classify as weakness because he's jealous for us to depend upon him and be with him through the process. So not only does he say go, but listen to this. He says go from. And the Lord just said, to take a step of obedience, to go somewhere, you must always go from somewhere. In other words, every step of obedience has a measure of sacrifice built into it. But no step of obedience ever goes unrewarded. And if you actually think about what Abram was being asked to come away from, what does it say? His country, his people, and his father's household. Literally, these were the essential things to survive in the ancient Near Eastern culture. God is literally saying, are you willing to put everything on the line? Your inheritance, your 401k, are you willing to put it all on the line? Your inheritance, your identity, your, your future security, are you willing to put your family on the line? Do you know that because his father passed away before he went on this trek, Abram stepped in as the patriarch of the household? which means his family's well-being rested on his shoulders, which means God was telling him to take this trek, he knew that he was responsible for the well-being of his family. See, this travel wasn't just, wasn't just a family vacation. He was literally putting his life on the line when they would travel in these days, and he's putting his family at risk. Listen to me. From the natural, the call of God upon your life can actually at some point seem irresponsible. It can, actually, it can actually look like you are lacking sensibility. People will say, how in the world can you do this? Your family's being put at risk. You're changing everything. What is taking place? But God is saying, will you trust everything in my hands? I believe wholeheartedly there's no place safer. Nothing can be safer than when we entrust it into the hands of the Lord. He calls us out of comfortability. That's what this call was. He was calling Abram out of comfortability and security. Do you understand this is the heart of the gospel? <laughs> Jesus said, if any man follows me, he must deny himself. 
this call that we see to Abram is literally the heart of the gospel. If any man wants to follow me, if any man wants to follow the call that I have upon his life, he must be willing to lay down everything for me. Why? First of all, because he's worthy of it. He's the one who has laid down everything for you. Abraham at this point should have been retiring in his life. <laughs> he should have been settling down. And the call of God comes and just shakes up all of that. And the call of God was, was a call to come out of that which he found comfortability in and security in. And said, so, are you willing to put everything on the line for me? And here's the beauty, though. The Lord said, if you do this, he says, I will bless you. Why? So that you will be a blessing to the nations. This is the picture-perfect gospel presentation. He says, this is what he's basically saying. The call of God is this. Any man who lives for his own sake, he'll find his life extremely empty. But any man who lays down his life for the sake of others, he will be extremely blessed so that he could be a blessing to others. You see, the heart of God and the, the call of, of Christianity, the call of God will always lead us to a place where we're no longer making decisions just for our own little life. When we actually see Jesus and what he's done, the only natural response, the only right response is to say, Lord, I lay everything down for you. And the call upon Abram's life was sacrifice your comfort and your security, Abram, and live for a greater purpose in your life. And if you do that, I will so bless you that you will be a blessing to the nations. Listen to me. I want you to come into alignment with God's heart and his vision. The Lord so highlighted that last phrase that when we step out in faith to the call of God, the end result was that Abram would be a blessing to the nations. A blessing to the nations. Do you understand that this is God's heart? This is God's vision? This is God's dream? Psalm 22, one of the great messianic psalms, at the end of it, it finishes with basically saying that God's heart is that every nation Every tongue would bow down and worship him. Do you know that this is what God is after? He is after every nation and every tongue bowing down and worshiping him. Listen to me. I realize we're going to speak strongly into this, and that's okay, because uh, we just have to share the truth that, look, there is nothing wrong with celebrating your personal achievements. God is doing things in my, even my life, my wife's life, that we're excited about said we're graduating school soon, a home. There's things that God's blessing us with that's amazing. You should celebrate those too. It's part of it. But know this, our personal achievements can never supersede his passion. His passion is for every nation, every tongue to worship him. At the end of the day, the calling upon your life is not just to live for your own little bubble of security. It's now to lay down your life so that the nations would be blessed. We should dream according to that. God's not interested with just a home church being established and us saying, we did it. We have a church that our kids can come to when we grow older. He wants every tongue in this community to worship Jesus. He wants every tongue on Long Island to worship Jesus. We have to come into alignment with the heart of the Father and allow our prayers to be in alignment with his heart. Do you know that Jesus said, and I will give whatever you ask in my name. Whatever. In the Greek, guess what it means? Whatever. <laughs> Jesus is saying, it's an invitation, guys. It's an invitation for your life to begin to dream big. To see a call that's leading you into the impossible. Jesus is saying, and whatever you ask 
in my name, I will do it so that I can glorify the Father. What are, what are we going after? What does the call look like in our life? Jesus said, when I return, will I find faith? He did not say, when I return, will I find people living a little too radical? <laughs> will I find people who took me a little too serious and actually gave it all up for the 80 years they live here or so, whatever it is, 100, if you're blessed? No, he said, will I find people who grabbed hold of the invitation and the faith that I displayed, and will they be walking? Will I find people walking in that type of faith? I don't know about you, but I want to be found faithful in that. And then he says this, Genesis 12:1, towards the end of that verse. Oh, this is where it gets really challenging. He says, and I will show you the land. <laughs> Not only was he saying, Abram, I want you to leave these things behind. But yes, if you do, if you give yourself away, I'm going to use you in, in a way that you can't even imagine. But he says, but I'm going to show you the land. You don't even know where you're going, Abram. <laughs> How many of you ever feel like you've been following God and saying, what in the world am I doing right now? <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Let me encourage you with a few things. First of all, God's call is never to trust in a plan. It's to trust in a person. Abram, see, I want an Abraham call. <laughs> we all probably do if we're really honest. We want to be using this type of way. But the question is, are we willing to walk through the seasons of the unknown? You see, if I say, God, I will obey you as long as you tell me where I'm going and that it's all going to work out, well, the reality is, is I'm not really answering the call of God because I still want to be in control of my life. If the only time I obey is if I know I'll have a favorable outcome, that is not the call of God. He's saying, will you trust me even if you do not know how it's going to work out in your life? If you look at the life of Abraham, God says, go to this land. Where? I'll show you. Just start going. <laughs> He says, you're going to have a child. How? Don't worry. It's going to happen. <laughs> and then when he finally has the promised child, Isaac, he says, listen, listen to this. He says, now I want you to sacrifice this child. Now, we know he was testing his faith. It never happened. But he said, now I want you to do this. And Abram asked, why? And the Lord said, just start climbing. I'll explain it later. Listen, this is the Christian call. We have to trust in who he is. And we have to say, Lord, even though I don't know exactly where it's all going to end up, I trust in who you are. I trust in the goodness of your nature. And therefore, God, I'm going to heed to it. I'm going to step out and I'm going to follow you. The Lord showed me another thing, though. The reason why he didn't show where Abraham was going, and this is, this is I believe it deeply in my heart, is because God is so interested in being intimate with us along the journey. And God knows if he showed us the entire picture from beginning to end, all of us have the inclination to begin to run ahead without him. And one, you'll never be able to do it. But two, he's jealous to be with you. He, he gave me this picture Thursday morning as I was praying. He said, Andrew, even though I have all authority, I want you to hear this. I'm not diminishing his authority. I have the highest authority, but I do not display it in the, turn, in the, in the form of a boss. I display it in the form of a father. And the, what he showed me was, imagine someone out back working wood. A boss would say, here's your task. When you're done, come back to me and let me know. But a father would go out there with you. And a father would show you. And a father would work next to you. And a father would want to have relationship with you along the way. He is not a boss. He is a father. 
And he knows that all of us will drift. We all have that tendency if we know the full plan. So he says, just start going. I will show you along the way so that you have to be continually on your knees with me. Because I'm jealous for you. He didn't tell the Israelites, just go to the promised land. He walked with them through the wilderness. He's interested in being in a relationship with us. But the other thing is this, and I want, I want you to hear this. God said, I will show you the land, and I believe this is one of the reasons why. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith is anchored in the unseen, which means as long as we only operate in the realm of that which we understand and that which we can control, this may strike your heart like it did to me, you're actually not operating in faith. It's really easy to be an unbelieving believer. So what God will do is he will give you a measure of revelation of who he is and what he wants you to do, and then he will give a measure of the unknown to provide you an opportunity to display faith. Now, there's a lot of reasons why God would do that, but here's two that I feel like God wants to share today. Number one, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. God finds pleasure when his children operate in faith. Now, yes, everyone that confesses Christ, there is a measure of faith there, and because of your position, God is pleased with you. Just as the Father spoke over Jesus at his baptism and said, this is my son who I love and well pleased in, right? But there is also a place where we please the Father by a continual lifestyle of faith. This is why when Jesus walked around in the Gospels, you see him making statements about this, such as the Roman centurion who was so aware of Jesus' authority that when Jesus was done with him, he said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. This man has great faith. Do you know that when you operate in faith, you bring pleasure to your father? Do you know that when you take steps of faith, when there's a measure of the unknown and you step out, do you know that from heaven's throne, I picture the father saying, that impressed me. My son, my daughter, that was faith. I don't know about you, but I, I want to stir the heart of God by the faith that I'm living with. I want to please him by trusting in him. And the other thing it does, though, when he, when he allows for these pockets of the unknown, is you become a blessing to everyone else around you. Because when he only reveals a certain amount, and then you begin to step out, and people say, well, where are you going? I don't really know how it's all going to work out. Well, you left all that behind. You don't know where you're going. What you're doing is you are displaying, see, God doesn't do this to frustrate you. It actually is to create an opportunity for you to display your confidence in him so the rest of the world can see that. And they can say, my goodness, this person left all of this. He left this thing. He doesn't even know exactly how it's going to work out, but he says, I trust in God. And you bless those who are around you. The last thing I want to share in this is as I was reading through Abram's story, not only did Abram not know where he's going, but if we were to keep reading verses 5 through 9, maybe those of you familiar with the story, you would see how Abram, he stopped at specific places and built altars and worshiped God. You guys recall this at all? And he stopped at three places, and I want you to hear this. He stopped at Shechem, he stopped at a place between Bethel and Ai, and then he went on to the, to the Negev. And at these three places, he built altars as the Lord instructed him, and he worshiped the Lord. And what is so fascinating 
is that later on when you fast forward 400, 500 years later to Joshua who conquered the promised land, these three regions were highlighted in Joshua's conquest. Which means without Abram realizing, probably thinking as he's following the will of God, it's like a riddle and he's just going to random places, that actually everywhere he was going and everything that God was doing, God was marking out and mapping out the future territory of the promised land. Every single thing had meaning, even when Abram probably thought, what in the world am I doing now? I, I believe so much in my heart. Listen, this is bigger than just our lives. We are leaving a legacy behind for those to follow. And I believe God was stirring me like this house right here. We, I hope we see things in our lifetime. I know we will see some things. Who knows, who knows certain things God has promised. But I know this, a place like this, man, I could just see down the road, way thing is Genesis 12 4 it says so Abram went these two words sum up the enormity of Abraham's obedience and if you were going to the Hebrews Hall of Faith in chapter 11 I want everyone to hear this because this will so encourage you as it has in my life I'm going to read Hebrews 11:8. it's a chapter that goes through all of these giants of the faith right and here's what it says Hebrews 11:8. it says by faith Abraham when called to go to a place he would later receive as his, as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Now, here's what's amazing that I believe will encourage you. If you were to actually read through the entire story of Abraham, you would find there were many setbacks and failures and doubtings. In fact, it's most likely believed that he was called from the Ur of Chaldeans and then actually settled in Haran. And then God probably had to call him again five years later. He actually didn't come right away. Then when he finally goes, he's deceptive with his wife. He actually said it was his sister at one point and it caused this whole thing. Then he got into an actual disagreement with his cousin or his nephew Lot, which led to a family divide. And then when it came to the actual promised child of Isaac, he could not see a way how God could do this, that he actually had first, he adopted his servant Eleazar and said, this is how it will happen. And then when God says, no, I told you, Abram, you're going to have your own son, then he says, okay, Sarah says, well, then you can, you can uh, be with my, my servant, Hagar, and you'll have a child that way. So Abram had Eleazar and Ishmael on top of all this other stuff. Do you see that recorded in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8? None of that is recorded. The only thing God records is that Abram went. All of the wrestling, all of the fighting, all of the doubting at times, all of the trying to manufacture the promise his own way, and because he went, the only thing God cared about is says, guys, I want to honor Abram. Do you know it? He went. Listen, you may be in a place in your life where you are wrestling with what God's doing. I just want to encourage you that what God is looking after yeah, we want to be grateful in the process, but I just want you to know, we can so condemn ourselves, but God is, God is saying he's so pleased if you're going. He's so pleased that you went. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up.
before you just, just keep quiet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. The question, the question I have for you is, <clears throat> what will be said of you? What will be said of you? I know in my life, I want to be able to look back and the Lord say, Andrew went. And I want it to be able to be said in your life. Put your name in that place. Say, you went. Even though God asked you to lay a lot down, and even though you weren't even exactly sure how it would work out, you said, Lord, I'm living for you now. And if you find yourself right now struggling with saying, how in the world could I ever enter into this place of sacrifice? I mean, this is, how can you get to this place where you say yes? You have to see Jesus. <laughs> because the more I read this call, I see Jesus all in this call. Because Abram was asked to leave his father's house. He was asked to leave his people. He was asked to leave his country. And do you know that Jesus had a similar call upon his life? For Jesus was asked to leave his father's household. Jesus was asked to leave glory. Jesus was asked to be a foreigner on this earth. Jesus endured being mistreated and betrayed and eventually put on the cross. Jesus sacrificed his comfort and his security. Jesus laid down his life. Why? Because he had you in mind. And he suffered that so that we could be blessed. And as we see Jesus answering the true call of God, it allows us to say, Lord, we enter into every call that comes underneath that. Lord, you were willing to lay down your life for me. I will lay down my life for you. Whatever it looks like. Listen, I'm, I told you, I'm not just talking about being pastors and evangelists. That's great. I'm talking about lawyers being raised up. I'm talking about teachers raising up. I'm talking about athletes taking their place and bringing glory to God wherever they have been called. Wherever God leads you, using your sphere of influence to make sure that every tongue confesses Jesus is Lord. That's what he's after in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand. Listen, you may say, how can I do this? The Lord said over and over, I will. Did you catch that in the scriptures? I will bless you. I will show you the land. I will make your name great. I will. I will. Great faith is not a measure of your striving and effort. It is a measure of your sacrifice and surrender. He will do it. He simply says, surrender your life. So I want to pray for you as a group. And then those of you who would like to stay, we'll have a, a prayer team up here. I want to pray for you. In your specific calling. Maybe you don't know what it is. Maybe you're struggling with it. Whatever that looks like, I want to pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, the first call is to come to him. He's here right now. So Father, I thank you for your holy word. And I thank you for the call of God that's upon every person in this room. I thank you for the call of God that is upon this body. Lord, help us to to not live for our own little bubbles, but help us to live for your glory and for your name being lifted high. Lord, help us to live for every nation bowing down and worshiping you. 
God, I pray for those right now who know what they're being asked to do, but have just had a struggle in taking a step forward. They don't see how it's going to all work out. I just pray, Holy Spirit, grace them with strength to begin to take the first step. God, I pray for those that have already been answering that call. They've made a shift in their life, but they feel like they're maybe wandering around. Lord, I pray you would just confirm in their heart that every part of this process has great purpose and nothing is going to waste. And Lord, I pray for those that do not know Jesus and have never surrendered their life to him, that today would be the day that they yield to that first call. I pray your people would be blessed as they go, Lord. May this word be sealed in their heart. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Home Church's podcast. To go deeper into the message, text DEEPER to 66866. If you would like to give to this ministry, you can text the amount to 631-693-4176 or visit us at myhomechurch.org backslash give.